Blog Talk Radio. And welcome back to this other special edition of the Four Scenes Fire American Soccer Show, the CONCACAF Nations League post-match show between the United States on the road at El Salvador ended in a 1-1 draw. And, you know, I know many people are going to be complaining about the uh, how the pitch looked down in the Estadio Cruz Catalan. I know that many feel that the pitch was terrible, but, you know, I mean, look, if we're going to be honest with the whole situation, to play against Honduras in a World Cup qualifier at home in St. Paul, Minnesota, where the temperatures were god-awful, and, you know, Honduras was not going anywhere anyway. They were dead last throughout the entire World Cup qualification campaign, to be fair. Look... This is what you got to do. <clears throat> this is the situation. The weather is not great in the summertime in El Salvador or even in Central America, even in the Caribbean. And you're going to get a muddy pitch. You got to go and fight through it. You're going to get puddles, standing puddles, like what Canada had to go through over in Honduras as they lost last night two goals to one. But once again, for the United States, they went out there. They tried their best. I thought they actually played a very good game. It's just that those moments, they got stopped by the keeper. And at the end of the day, at the end of the day, able to get a late goal within the final minute of regulation, Luca De La Torre with a fantastic cross, and who is there to head the ball into the back of the net but Jordan Morris, who has done those magical moments for both the Seattle Sounders and for the U.S. men's national team. A huge, huge equalizer. And even though in Group D, El Salvador is still leading by a point ahead of the United States, The truth is, that was a well-needed point for the U.S. And they go out there, they go out there, and they get the job done. They get the point. You know you wanted to win, but they get the job done, and they get the points. So all you can really say is, good job by the kids, good job by the team. But the one player, the one player on the national team for the U.S. who you thought deserved a goal or at least two goals in this one, hell, maybe even a hat trick, Yunus Musa. Yunus Musa, I think, had the best game in this one tonight as a member of the U.S. men's national team. Musa, three fantastic shots on goal. Got stopped three times by the goalkeeper in Mario Gonzalez. 
but unfortunately for him, he couldn't convert. But once again, Yunus Musa was the better player for the U.S. men's national team. Scrappy game, an annoyance with the typical situation when it comes to the continuation of how is, you know, all the fouling, all the minor bumping that becomes a huge foul, and then it's a, it, everything will go down so easily. And I understand, you know, the gamesmanship and too much of it. But what are you going to do, especially on a muddy pitch? It's a situation that you got to get through. you got to get through the whole situation. And then you saw the battle between, ooh, Tyler Adams and uh, Darwin Seren. The little grab and throw down by Tyler got him the yellow card. I know he's frustrated. I know he was upset. But still, you can't really lose your cool in a match like this, whether you believe in CONCACAF Nations League or not. But still, though, it's the situation. Once again, you just cannot really ignore that this is meant for everyone region to improve themselves, to get better. And, you know, this is the type of games that you want to see our boys play, not just in World Cup qualifying, but also for tournaments like the Nations League. And I feel they deserve to have a friendly game against these teams, not just here in the States, but to go down there. I want to see our teams play friendlies, not just against the big-named nations in Europe and South America, not just against the Germans and the Italians and the Spanish uh, and, and the Scottish and the French and the English and the Romanians and the Portuguese, the Brazilians, the Argentinians, the Bolivians, the Ecuadorians, the Colombians, the Uruguays, the Chiles, the Paraguays. I want to see our players play friendlies against fellow CONCACAF nations down in their backyard, not our backyard, because it's easy to take on teams like Costa Rica here in the States, to take on a team like Honduras in the States. Against El Salvador in the States, I want to see our players play against these teams within CONCACAF on their soil, uh, in their backyard, because that is where you can play your best when it gets to World Cup qualification. That's when you know you're playing your best. That's when you know you're playing against these teams that want to take you out. And El Salvador, give the players credit. Give Hugo Perez credit. Once again, his team was up for the challenge. And his team played strong. They probably might have deserved the win. They probably might have deserved the three points. But the continual push 
and battering and bruising and battling by our U.S. men's national team showed, showed that Hugo Perez has El Salvador ready to go, has them ready to go, and has them fighting. Every time they got to face any team, whether it is the big boys or the minnows or the middle of the pack national teams. I think outside of goalkeeper, outside of goalkeeper, this was a strong match for the men's national team. And as much as I give credit to Ethan Horvath for coming in and saving the penalty, subbing in for an injured Zach Steffen during the final, the Nations League final of last summer, truth of the matter is this. Ethan Horvath is a backup at Nottingham Forest. Do I think he's going to get the start now that they're in the Premier League? I don't think so. He's just the backup. And as you know, I have always had problems with the backups. Because our goalies has to start. And even, even Horvath. Ethan Horvath has said this. You need game sharpness because you need to play match in and match out if you want to be a starting goalkeeper for the U.S. men's national team. John Strong, once again, has championed what I have said. Even though he doesn't listen to me, even though he probably doesn't even read my tweets, well, I wish he would, but even he is saying the same things that I have been saying about being the starting goalkeeper for the U.S. men's national team. Horvath has said, you need match sharpness. Training with the best players in the world is not enough. And many have said, do you want to die on that hill? Is that the hill you want to die on? Hell yes. Hell yes, I will die on that hill. It's not enough to train with the best players in the world. It's not enough. Tim Howard, Casey Keller, Brad Guzan, any American goalkeeper that is playing consistently for a top team or any team in any country, especially in the Premier League in England, goalkeepers must be match sharp and ready to go. Ready to go. And I will continue to say that till I'm blue in the face. Because that is the type of goalkeeper we need when we are ready to go this coming November in the World Cup. And that could be the downfall with a lack of sharpness by our goalkeepers. So Matt Turner going to Arsenal. Uh, I hope and pray that Matt Turner will unseat the starting goalkeeper 
and he will get his opportunity to play in meaningful matches consistently. I hope he does it. I hope he'll win Arteta's uh, trust and say, you know what? We're going to play the American. That's the hope. But in this one, great fight by the boys. Great fight all over from start to finish. I thought this was one of their best games ever to play against a solid CONCACAF team on their soil in their stadium. I thought everyone played strong except for the keeper. And and I really felt that even if they would have fell 1-0 in this match, that they still played their best football in this one. Because of the way the pitch was, because of this weather that was just terrible, the way they were playing, the, they, the way they were going, the way that they were attacking, and the way that they were doing things, I really thought that they were still strong and solid. And a poor mistake by, even Hor- by Ethan Horvath allowed El Salvador to convert that chance. If that does not happen, the U.S. wins this one by a goal to nil. And they would have overtaken El Salvador in first place in Group D, but it does not really matter because we all know the United States and El Salvador, they will be going to the Gold Cup. They will be automatically heading up there uh, for next year, for next summer. So we shall see what will happen as we move on forward. And as we uh, now, all the June matches are done, with the exception of one, which we'll get to in a minute. Here is where we stand in League A tonight. Jamaica and Mexico also finish up in a 1-1 draw. So as of right now, Jamaica with five points in first place in Group A. Mexico in second place with group four points, Group B. I mean, excuse me, Group A. And Suriname, it's really a foregone conclusion. We all know what's going to happen because even though they're going to host Mexico, we're going to be honest with ourselves here. Mexico will be going to the Gold Cup, and uh, Suriname will be heading to the uh, preliminaries in the qualification rounds of the Gold Cup, so we'll see there. Panama, three matches played. It was a nil-nil draw at Martinique. So seven points for Panama. Costa Rica, which they did qualify for the World Cup, they have three points out of two matches. Martinique with one point. Even if they Martinique does beat Costa Rica, it's not going to be enough. Martinique will go to the qualification rounds for the Gold Cup, and Costa Rica and Panama will be in the Gold Cup next summer. In Group C, Honduras with a 2-1 victory over Canada last night. So basically, Curaçao, three points. It does not matter what will happen? Canada will probably defeat Curaçao down in the Caribbean. And then Canada will host Honduras, and this will be the March dates for next year. Honduras with six points in first place. Canada in second place with three points with a plus three on the differential. Curaçao in dead last 
uh, three points, of course, minus four in the differential, and that's why Curacao is going to the preliminaries. And then once again, El Salvador leading five points in the fir- in first place in Group D. United States in second place with four points. And Grenada going to the preliminaries in Ligue A in Group D. So there you have it. It's really uh, simple. As we see what is going on. League A moving forward so we'll see what happens when we get to the uh, March dates for Nations League group stage finishing up when we get there so other than that um I thought defense looked solid. Tyler Adams. I mean, obviously, the emotions that got frayed and yelling and screaming and bloody murder and everything else like that, that was the only thing you had to worry about. That's the only thing you had to be concerned about. Could our players keep their cool? It's not just the muddy pitch, but it's also how El Salvador plays. And El Salvador plays rough. They play tough. They try to get under your skin. The gamesmanship just keeps on going and going and going. And I have to be honest and say, for, for the first time, I think, since the, those two World Cup qualification games uh, in El Salvador last year in September and against El Salvador in Columbus in January... If I'm honest here with all of you, I still felt Hugo Perez was better than Greg Berhalter, and I still felt that he outcoached Greg Berhalter in both World Cup qualification games. In, in this one tonight, Greg Berhalter actually matched wit for wit with Hugo Perez. I truly believe that Greg Berhalter learned from his mistakes in those last two games. I believe that Greg Berhalter finally learned what he had to learn from Hugo in, his, in those two games in World Cup qualification against Hugo Perez. It, it, you know, I try to be as honest as I can. When I praise Greg Berhalter, I praise him. When I go against Greg Berhalter, I will go against him. And I think this time around, Berhalter managed this game much than the World Cup qualification games that he had. I truly believe that. I truly believe that he did better here than what he did in the World Cup qualifiers. So, and I think that's an improvement. So, has Greg Berhalter done enough improving as a manager for the national team 
to go to the World Cup and to take on teams like England, Wales, and Iran. Can he finally go over the hump and do it? Can he do it against those teams in the group stage? And can he also do it during the knockout stage of the World Cup? That is the bigger question right now. That is the bigger question. All you can say is this. Is that Burhalter finally is showing what it means to be a manager for the national team. It didn't come easily right away. You have people like Bruce Arena and Bob Bradley who have been doing these things for a long, long time with better success on the national, international stage just as they have had in the club stage. And I think with Greg Berhalter in the club stage, I don't think he's had much success. But now, with some success on the international stage with the Nations League title and the Gold Cup title last summer, and then relearning it as the national team manager during World Cup qualification where he basically lost confidence within himself because he kept on screwing things over and putting the U.S. in poor situations with his tactics and formations, honestly, it took him, I would say, that last week in March for the final three games to finally get his head out of his rear and manage like an international manager does for the national team. He's finally gotten through it. And right now, I give him plenty of credit in the world. He made the right subs. And he did a fantastic job recognizing right away, I can't go 4-3-3 in this. I got to make a 4-4-2. And it worked. It absolutely worked. And I give Greg Berhalter complete credit for what I saw. I truly believe that Berhalter has finally changed everything. I think he's looking more comfortable as a national team manager, trusting his own instincts once again. And now let's see what he can do during the World Cup. So we'll see what happens down the road. They have two matches remaining, which will be those September windows, the September window. So we'll see what happens moving forward. But once again, the United States, they played strong. The pitch was really, really tough to see. 
they really I thought they did better playing on that muddy on that muddy field unlike what Canada had to go through on the uh on the uh the puddles that were remaining on the field down in Honduras But once again, it's a situation where the U.S., you hope that no one got any got seriously injured. Sadly for uh, Paul Ariola, he got a red card in this one because of a hard challenge. No VAR in the group stage. But, you know, when you look at the replay, was it a hard challenge? Was that a red? Was it a yellow? I will say this, you know, in normal circumstances, I I think it was a yellow card, but, you know, you could claim red. It's a situation where it's just been really, really just, you know, really, really tough to watch. to see that red card pop up on him. But still, though, when you saw El Salvador get their red card to go back down to 10 men themselves, and now it's 10 on 10, and that's the right call because the last defender brought down Yunus Musa, and that was the correct. That was the correct call. On uh, Rodriguez. And of course that leads to the U.S. Sneaking in. Getting their goal. From Jordan Morris. On a fantastic cross. From Luca De La Torre. And it looked absolutely great. It looked. And hopefully. Hopefully. You'll see some of these players getting ready for the World Cup November. Just happy to see it. Just happy to see this U.S. team get a solid result on the road. And for the United States, they are in a good position right now to finish it up in March for next year to see what's going to happen. So let us also uh, recap uh, League B. We go to Group A. Cuba right now leading with nine points out of four games, plus six on the differential. Guadalupe in second place, also not, uh, nine points. Excuse me, Cuba nine points. Guadalupe with nine points, but they have a plus two on the differential there in second place. Antigua and Barbuda uh, with six points, minus two. And third in Barbados and last. Barbados, four matches played, and all of them are losses. Group B, Haiti leading with ten points, undefeated. Guyana in second place with six points. Montserrat in third place with three points. Bermuda with a point. Now, Montserrat, apparently Montserrat 
traveling to Bermuda did not happen. They did, could not travel to Bermuda. So now the disciplinary committee of CONCACAF will intervene and we'll find out what type of punishment will be given to Montserrat and what result will be allowed to be handed uh, to Bermuda because it, to me, it sounds like Bermuda is going to get some form of points here as Montserrat tried to travel to, to Bermuda, but it could not happen. And as we uh, quickly, let me just get to the uh, report. It says here, and this is from John Arnold. CONCACAF Nations League match between Bermuda and Montserrat will not take place today as scheduled. In a statement from a spokesperson, CONCACAF says it has been informed by the Montserrat, Montserrat FA that its men's national team will be unable to travel to Bermuda and will go to disciplinary committee. So once again, here it is again, uh, informed by the Montserrat FA that its men's national team will be unable to travel to Bermuda for the upcoming CONCACAF Nations League match. The League B group stage match was scheduled for Tuesday, June 14th for the competition regulations. It's going to the disciplinary committee. My guess will be that Montserrat will get a loss here of a certain amount of goals and Bermuda will get three points and a certain amount of goals to uh, get the win through forfeit in some in that way. And hopefully Montserrat, uh, which will finish up against Haiti in a home and away situation, and if they cannot perform at it at Haiti, they'll probably be the same thing. I don't know why it happened, but it did. So we'll see what happens in the Group B of League B situation. In Group C, Nicaragua undefeated, 10 points, leading Group C in League B. Trinidad and Tobago in second place with nine points. Bahamas in third place with four points. St. Vincent Grenadine with only one point, four matches played. And then in Group D, French Guyana, right now, 10 points undefeated, leading that group. Dominican Republic in second place with four. Uh, excuse me, Guatemala actually in uh, second place with seven points. My my bad, I did not uh, fix this. Uh, Dominican Republic in third place with four points. And Belize in dead last right now with two points. So that is the situation we have in League B. Moving forward. And it's been pretty entertaining. It's been pretty much fun to watch that happen in these Nations League games. And you love seeing these national teams fighting and getting these opportunities that they normally would not get in a regular uh, calendar year, and so on and so on. In League C, Group A, Bonaire, leading Group A with 10 points. St. Martin with five points in second place. The U.S. Virgin Islands in third place with four points. And Turks and Caicos in dead last with only a win for three points. In Group B, Aruba and uh, St. Kitts and Nevis tied with four points each. Aruba in first place with two plus two. St. Kitts and Nevis in second place with plus one. St. Martin dead last at the moment with a, with two points on two draws. 
Group C, St. Lucia, leading undefeated with six points. And Anguilla and Dominica, both with two points each. Anguilla is a minus, well, actually it should be, yep, Dominica in second place with a minus one on the differential. And uh, Anguilla in last in that group on the differential. So, once again, got to uh, sort this out for myself, keeping track of all this situation. But that's what it is right now. And then in Group D in League C, Puerto Rico undefeated with uh, six points. British uh, Cayman Islands in second place with a minus one on differential. And then British Virgin Islands in dead last with a minus six on differential. Once again, Cayman Islands, British Virgin Islands, each with two points. So there you have it in CONCACAF Nations League group stage. And, uh, you know, this is a thing that uh, happens. This is the situation... So, once again, this was a solid match for the United States. Cannot go against it. I cannot fault it. It was a solid match. And uh, they played hard. They played tough. Just a bad decision by Ethan Horvath to not play that ball, and he got scored on. Yunus Musa played an excellent match. Jordan Morris came in as a sub, played strong. Luca De La Torre with an excellent cross. Pulisic playing strong. Everyone played strong. It's just... El Salvador was uh, being defiant and being El Salvador, but the U.S. were able to get that goal, to get the equalizer, big point on the road, and they're still in it going for first place when we get to next year and those March games in the March window. Well, ladies and gentlemen, on Thursday, late afternoon, 5 o'clock Eastern time, FIFA will announce the host cities in the United States, Canada, and Mexico who will host matches for the 2026 FIFA World Cup. You can see it live on Fox Sports 1 with Rob Stone and Lexi Lawless. It should be exciting. And then afterwards, later in the evening at 8 o'clock Eastern, 5 o'clock Pacific, join me with, along with Carter Krishnaya of World Soccer Talk to recap the announcement of the cities. We'll try to get one more guest if possible. And we'll see what we'll be able to do. But other than that, thank you very much uh, for listening to me tonight. This has been the CONCACAF Nations League El Salvador versus USA post-game show. It's a 1-1 draw between the two nations. A lot of fun, exciting, and wonderful. My name's Daniel Feuerstein. Join me on Thursday night. Thank you very much for listening to me, and enjoy your football, and have a good night. Talk to you on Thursday. Bye-bye for now.